Welcome to Exploring Beyond the Edge with Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Are you ready to explore the conscious path around you? Open your heart and mind and awaken your curiosity? You've stopped into the right place. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Hey there, this is Cynthia here with my co-host, Colin. Good evening, everybody. So thank you for tuning in and showing up. Um, just an FYI, we have a, a lot of guests for the next week, the next few weeks into December, um, and we're going to be shifting the focus a little bit more to the spiritual end of non-ordinary events. We have been talking over the last few weeks with in a number of different shows about non-ordinary events, and tonight's program is more about what we need to prepare within ourselves to better be able to shift our perspective so that we can engage non-ordinary reality as more ordinary. Certainly it is undeniably true that more and more people are having unusual experiences, such as, you know, just going in to get a massage and receiving an energy healing, or noticing high-level synchronicity in the events in your life, hearing messages from people who have passed when you're just sitting looking at an item that belonged to them, or seeing unusual lights in the sky, as we talked about last week. You know, as we discussed, more than half the population believes other intelligent life forms are visiting Earth. And, you know, the truth is we don't have to leave Earth or invite non-Earthlings in to understand that we are surrounded by other sentient life forms in nature and that the more that we can connect with and communicate with the other intelligence on this planet, the more we will grow internally with our own abilities. But we were kind of laughing ourselves, Colin and I, about synchronicity this morning as we were preparing the program. Colin was looking in our local um, police report. It's called The Patch. And and he was looking in to see about a fire that had happened in the town over and discovered that there have been a whole surge of police reports on UFO activity in the past couple weeks. And some of them, you know, all throughout the state of Connecticut and some specifically in our town of Guilford. Sure. Excuse me. And it was synchronistic. I mean, in so much as we were, when we first woke, talking about fine-tuning information for tonight's show, you know, and the, uh, you know, the the realms that we were going to be looking at, uh, non-ordinary phenomena. And here we get this report from the local police uh, talking about a dramatic increase in UFO activity across Connecticut uh, this year alone, uh, and and even here, right here in our own town. Uh, One report was from a a person who was looking out of their kitchen window in Guilford in Connecticut and uh, watched for the third time, apparently, um, this large sphere moving slowly but across the rooftops so it was, it was close and uh, dropped down over the ridge of one of those houses appearing to land um, in the, the backyard uh, another at um, Simsbury a woman who woke uh, to get the first morning coffee her husband uh, had just left for work and she noticed a light moving a shadow across the kitchen floor behind her and uh, walked across to the side window, looked out to see that um, a large array of white and red 
lines of lights were twisting and swirling around a large object, object she estimated the size of a jumbo jet, uh, slowly moving. A humming sound could be heard through the closed window, and that was seen drifting across Simsbury in the northern part of Connecticut. I was actually waiting. I do know Peter Davenport, who runs the National UFO Reporting Center in Oregon, and uh, asked if Peter could give me a, a statement for tonight's program because he is at the center of many of those reports across the entire country. Uh, uh, regrettably, I've not gotten that report for tonight, but maybe next week's show. Yeah, it's funny. So last week we mentioned that people are often compelled to go to a certain place or do a certain thing that results in an encounter. And, you know, we all remember the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where lots of people were being compelled. But whatever the non-ordinary event is, the truth is that we are physically wired to have those events. We cannot engage an event that we're not wired to have, that we're not biologically prepared for. Scientist Dean Radin, who we talked about, we talked with on November 12th, mentioned that not only are abilities such as telepathy and precognition possible, they are inevitable, meaning that this aspect of our brain and this ability that we have will be activated as part of our evolution. So when I think about that, it makes me think that some of the challenges that we're facing right now, the the bottleneck that we're going through as a planet, as a society, as individuals, is challenging us to develop these, these skills and these parts of ourselves and that it will become part of um, how we find our way through this time. So the question then becomes, are there things that we can do to help shift our perception and use those skills more fully, more appropriately? So I thought we would start with just a little exercise right now before we go any further. If we can just get a little bit comfortable where you are right now, get your feet on the ground, adjust yourself so that nothing feels that is drawing your undue attention from discomfort. And let's just let go of everything that we're still holding on to from our day. Every inconvenience, every difficulty we had sitting down and making time to be here, every job that was left undone, just allowing ourselves to become fully present right now in this moment. And notice how you feel. What do you feel in your body? What kind of thoughts are running through your head? How hard is it to marshal your attention? No need to change anything, just notice. Relax your shoulders, your hands, your face your stomach, your legs. And if you notice something that hurts, if you have pain anywhere that calls your attention, instead of resisting it, take care of it. Embrace it like a child. Offer this pain your breath, the breath of life. Just breathe. 
Just breathe to that area and observe. Drop your attention down out of your mind and into your body. Take a few deep breaths, inhaling relaxation, pressing relaxation into every cell and exhaling tension. Inhaling peace, exhaling tension. Inhaling light, exhaling tension. And just allow yourself to be in your body, listening to your body's messages. And as you relax, just from this two minutes, you might notice that you're no longer in the same body you were in when we started. You may feel that you're more present in the moment, more grounded in your body, and better able to focus your attention. And it's this ability to be in your body and able to focus your attention that makes you able to perceive beyond the limits of the trappings of the mind. Tiokas and Ghost Horse mentioned in the interview with him on October 29th that there was a time when humans spoke the same language as the rest of nature, but we have somehow lost that ability through our fascination with how our mind can manipulate the physical world. But that language is coded in our bodies, and we can access it through our awareness. And the way that we access our awareness is by focusing our attention in the present, in the present moment, present time awareness. This is the first tool in our toolbox to engage non-ordinary reality. Yeah, I think that there really are many descriptions that people give of having altered states of awareness prior to non-ordinary events. Uh, yeah, and I've got a few thoughts on that. Um, you know, my, my thoughts are, and in, in my experience that the ordered states of mind can be conducive to a non-ordinary event by chance or circumstance, but can, and I think this is obviously where much of your work is, can consciously be assisted by meditation or prayer or by re relaxation techniques, bringing ourselves back to the now, which I think can be assisted by an external stimulus, like having a shower, or a massage can help if you're lucky. But I mean, as you know, that's, you know, some of the handful of experiences I've had, uh, which has really kept me on this, this path of research, has come with an external stimulus of a hot shower. Mm. And, you know, it, it helps us escape background mental cluster, that clutter. It brings us back to inner self. I think it's all about making ourselves open to a wider reception by entering that magical state. You know, it's, it's entering the alpha to delta and perhaps further down the line to theta state. Much of our own research on that, as you know, was carried out with that amazing inventor, Masiro Kahata, in New York. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things there that uh, we, we could probably run another program on for sure. But th those are my, my thoughts on them. Certainly, you know, in, in self-examining some of those things that have happened. Yeah, so what we're, what we're looking at is that we can refocus our attention using our breath and mindfulness and awareness. 
and also our attention, these events themselves can influence our attention and our state of mind. And I remember when I first met you in 1991, you were giving a lecture at John White's conference, the Omega Conference in, in New Haven. And you had a picture of a crop circle up on on the, you know, back then it was slides and screens. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. And, and you know, there was a white horse behind the crop circle. And you played a recording of a sound that was captured in a crop circle. It was a two-tone sound yeah. that went back and forth. And that sound immediately brought me so deeply into my body that I had an altered state. I had a I had a bilocation experience. I was sitting in the room completely aware of my body and being in the room and also standing inside that circle, yeah. feeling my energy moving out to the edge of the circle and into the center with that two-toned sound. Have other people had experiences like that with that Abs- sound? Absolutely. You are far from alone in that experience. You know, I was already at that point presenting around the world to different audiences. And, uh, you know, I was very much used to ooze and as, depending upon which crop circle you were showing. The designs caused them to have those kind of reactions. But that sound completely silenced the audiences. Um, the emotions were quite extraordinary many people would would cry literally uh, hairs standing upon their arms and their the back of their head so yes the the emotions were quite extraordinary with that sound and worth just mentioning that whilst we talk about that sound and i think we may even be going to play it uh, in the uh, the program um it was first prayed for and, you know, basically meditated on that we'd be given a clue and the sound was heard for the first time. No tape recorder available. The second time it was recorded and that's what we're going to hear tonight. Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether we induce this present time awareness or is induced by the event around us, it's only in the present moment that we have access to the perceptive abilities that are wired into our body-mind. And so this capacity to fully feel life in the moment, to perceive the flow of life force in, through, and around us, that's what I consider energy awareness because we are aware in that moment of this flow of energy. And that flow of energy, the subtle energy, forms the matrix or the template that matter is created around. So the energy is both a substance that we can feel and interact with and also a field that displays non-locality and entanglement so that the interactions occur across space and time. And, you know, a lot of people have trouble really considering that you can feel another person's feelings across space. But I would say anybody who has ever fallen deeply in love knows that you can feel that other person wherever they are on the planet. And I know you and I used to have some quite some oh. experiences. We All one of us had to do was think of the other person yeah. and the other person would pick up the phone yeah, and call. To the second. I mean, mm-hmm. all, really. So... You know, another example of that um, long-distance connection is what happens in, in long-distance energy healing. And I think a lot of people have had that experience, too, where they, where they focus their prayer or their loving energy on another person for healing, and the person receives it. There's been a lot of research done on that power of prayer and how it impacts physical reality. So I don't think we can um, 
deny that oh, the there effect any exists. Of that at all. There's some very impressive studies done on that. There are. So while these non-ordinary offend, you know, events kind of defy our understanding, our bodies are definitely prepared for them. And the more that we can access that, being, you know, access those um, abilities, the telepathy, the precognition, these other things, um, the more we'll be able to perceive in these other realms and see these and have these unusual experiences. And, And I think, and I think many people think that as we approach the challenges of this mo of this time in history, we're being pushed into these more and more. And maybe we're even having interactions. Maybe we're even drawing some parts of these unseen realms closer to the physical by our need, by our actual need. Certainly, there is a process underway. I think that there is no question about that. All right. Well, we're heading into a break now. Um, We'll be right back in a moment. But just a reminder that you can find my work on explorationsandenergy.com, where you can buy both Colin's and my books. And you can reach Colin on Facebook or at his website, colinandrews.net. Also, we do have a class, Energy Basics 101. 101 starting this Thursday and if you sign up now with the promo code 2018 Black Friday sale you'll get 25% off the class is online if you can't make it live it will be recorded and you will have unlimited availability so don't go anywhere we'll be right back with more Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. 
Welcome back. So we're talking today about accessing inner tools to engage non-ordinary reality. We're talking about accessing our intuition, using our attention and our intention, which we will talk about more in a moment, and accessing our body awareness where our felt perceptions reside. And these are really the tools that we have to become more proficient in using in order to make the most of every moment. They're certainly going to be tested in the coming days, weeks, and years. Um, I do have a question. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a basic, a basic fundamental one. Are we born with them or do we develop them? I've got a sense at times that we are born with them but destroy them as we can move more towards the technological um, mind head end of our um, our existence rather than the heart end. Well, I think we're absolutely born with them. I think these abilities are innate. I think that they're completely natural, and as Dean Radin says, they are inevitable. Um, I think the problem is, you know, I mean, like I think back to my daughter Erin, who used to remember her previous lives and talk about them when she was a child. She described picking me as a mother out of a newspaper and then picking her father out and described how that whole event took place. Um, She came in when I was working doing a massage on someone and, and said he had a black tornado in his heart and I needed to put a crystal on it. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think that children, I think all of us as children have access to to this aspect of our nature, but I think we are socially engineered out of it. We're trained out of it. We're laughed at. These are, these are um, you know, our imagination, our imaginary friends. We're, we're told that to engage it might even be the devil, you know, so we're made to fear it, and we're made to fear it at a very young age, and eventually we forget that we have it all together, and then I think that it can come back. Well, you're talking about children. Um, my brother Peter, as you know, was a caretaker, senior caretaker at a primary school in Andover, England, and uh the locals knew the subject matter that I was in. By that time, you know, I was doing a lot of television and the, the book, the first book had come out. So he was asked by the, uh, the principal there to ask if I would be prepared to go in and talk, present to these children. We're looking at, I'm talking now about five to seven-year-olds, so mm-hmm. average of six years of age. And, you know, I did my presentation to several classes that had been gathered there. And what really amazed me and I think about it quite often is that I've been presenting to um, universities and uh, brainstorming groups and the public at large in many places and never had I heard a more um, enlightened insightful group of individuals these children who had clearly come with something they offered they, I mean, they offered what the result of so much of this has turned out to be without seeing almost anything, you know, on television or whatever. They would say things like, uh, it looks like UFO landing marks. People make them look like UFO landing marks. Plants have something in them. Perhaps spacemen are signaling us. And these might sound, but they are juvenile, of course. But the, the, the substance, the questions they're raising are very, very pertinent. You know, is the earth telling us something? I mean, these are these are notes that I made. I presented, yeah. Well, I mean, it goes on, but that's a, that's basically it. And 
Yeah. There are other examples, as you know. I think we do all have these abilities. I think we live in a sea of energy that forms the ambiance around us, and we receive energy information from this ambiance all the time. It's received through the body, and I believe we have a caller with a question. Is there a caller? Hello. Hi. Hello, Johanna. I'm here. Hi, it's, it's Johanna. Um, nice to hear from hello, you, Johanna. Johanna. Oh, it's lovely to talk with you both, as always. Um, I feel as though, with respect to people getting used to the idea of this um, other way, or not other, but um, I feel like we're in kindergarten when it comes to mm. developing our our. Um, our skills, but not not only that, our acceptance of the fact that we have this uh, as part of our kit bag for mm-hmm. evolution, and so it all sort of falls off when um, it's uh, when we're asked when we ask ourselves, okay, so I can guess who's on the phone before um, mm-hmm. I pick it up and that kind of thing. But I'm, what I'm curious about is where do you, how can you um, imagine where this will eventually take us? As we remember, I think, what we once knew. I think that's a great question. And I think that the more time that we spend talking with each other and creating that that imaging, create what would the world be like if we had this these abilities foremost all the time. And if we Perfect. if we could really vision, if we could really vision that world, we'd have a better chance of, of bringing it into into fullness of being. I think it's a really great question. Don't you think perhaps we'll say that? They- and what a wonderful answer! Um, because the, if you don't um, think that way, if you don't intend that way, then you feel as though you're just um, you know tossed upon the seas of circumstance. Mm-hmm. And this is what a wonderful answer. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. So, you know, it, it comes back here. So we receive this this information from the ambiance through our body. And what 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 your question is really getting at, I think, to me anyway, is why aren't we more in our body? Why do we stay out of our body all the time? Like. If you remember back to the first, our very first session together, we talked about felt perceptions and felt perceptions being the combination of emotion, body sensations, and sudden kind of mental thoughts that compel us into action. And, you know, so we've all had the experience of our hair standing on end just before something scary happens or getting goosebumps when we hear a story that feels true on a, on a deep level. And, you know, those are non-conscious communications of energy information that we have to be present for in order to, to pay attention to. So, why and not is it so? Afraid. Not be and afraid not, when they occur. That, that's, that's exactly true. And fear has been the way that we've been socially engineered out of, these, out of these awarenesses. We've been trained to think that we'll be made fun of, we'll be ridiculed because it's just our imagination, or, or something bad will happen to us because we're engaging you know, the devil in some way. And so we have, fear has been the, probably the biggest manipulative tool. And you know, fear, fear is an emotion like any other emotion. It has a function. It, it, it keeps us safe. And and it gives us energy to fight or flee if we need to to act on our safety in some way. But inappropriately used, it it can it it can keep us limited and keep us from being able to experience all of who we are. Um, 
you know, and, and it's interesting because I've, I've, I actually had some people after that last thing talk about how they did not use their felt perceptions because they were afraid that it always um, indicated that some disaster was on the way or that something scary was about to happen. And so they, they preferred to close down than to be aware. And I, I really want to suggest to everybody that, that these felt perceptions not only help us prevent disaster, they also alert us to opportunity. And, and of course, I have to go back to my example of meeting you, Colin, when yeah. you were in, you were talking, and I'm in the audience, and we didn't know each other. At the end of the lecture, you went out into oh, the yeah. hall, and about half of the audience follows him out into the hall. I'm sitting in my chair. And I want to hear the next speaker because the next speaker is talking about children and children's unusual experiences. And my daughter has had many of these experiences. So I'm um, sitting there and all of a sudden it was so difficult to stay in my seat. I kept popping up and sitting down and popping up and sitting down and my body would not stay in the seat. And I had this overwhelming sense of upliftment and, and, and happiness. And I had to leave the auditorium. I could not stay in the auditorium. And when I got outside to where half the rest of the audience was, they were surrounding Colin in like this semicircle and pressing in on him and he was backed up against the wall. And my first instinct was to go around all the people, climb over the chairs along the wall so that I could stand next to him and face these people and just hold them back a little bit because it was like they were suffocating you. Yeah. And that was how we met. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so. it was uh, as you know, there's a larger, a bigger story to that, you know, that I was, um, I not only had a like this thump on the top of my head, so I've always described it that way. If you tap the top of your head with your knuckles, you hear like a thump inside, <laughs> inside your head. Some people might, and some people might some, not. Maybe some have to hit their head a lot harder, <laughs> but <laughs> as in my case. But when I looked at you, we connected and there literally was this thump. And to me, the way I read that was that this is an important moment. And it was an important moment because you were to be my future wife. We brought ourselves and our work together. And let us not forget that I was on a search for the Native American mm. who had the knowledge of the Hopi prophecy and one of only two people that had been approved to, mm -hmm. to hold that. One was your close friend. Mm -hmm. And I was not aware of that. So of 300 million, more than 300 million people, I was now meeting the person that was taking me to, the, to that knowledge of the hope prophecy related to patterns and crop circles. So there was, there was a whole built-up psychic component to that, uh, which I've never fully, of course, understood, but we were gifted something was taking, paying attention and taking care of it. Yeah, that's true. And so you didn't think I was just like psychically knocking you over the head? Oh, definitely. You were definitely <laughs> to blame. <laughs> well, so, you know, what's interesting about this is it brings us back to emotions and emotions really are the key to uh, to <coughs> energy awareness, to understanding the flow of energy, to receiving information from the ambiance. Um, Dean Radin talked about in his experiments on precognition, it was the degree of emotion of the upcoming event that created the ability of the person to perceive the event that was coming. And so I don't think we can... 
underestimate right. emotions. They translate energy information. Um, they provide motivation and vitality to do something. And every emotion gives us information. I mean, we talked about fear already. And, you know, what does anger tell us? It tells us our boundaries are being breached. And it gives us the energy to protect them. And guilt tells us we've breached someone else's boundaries and motivates us to make amends. So every emotion has a function. Every emotion gives us information. Every emotion gives us energy. Um you know, Dean Radin's research and Goldman's book, Emotional Intelligence, talk about how we feel the emotion before we form the thought. And I think most people think of it the other way, that you have a thought and it generates an emotion. But the truth is, you can't think yourself into loving someone, or you can't think yourself out of loving someone you love. You know, our thoughts are not the most powerful. It's our emotions and then when we put our emotions and our thoughts together, when we create an, a vision that we can invest our emotions in, then we can create a future. Then we can create something worth living. Um, I, th- I think um, if I just to jump in there, Cynthia, I think we, have, we will be scientists around the globe and people in general are going to have to set and reset every topic and every subject we've ever read up on because we're, we're in a whole new phase here. It, to me, it's, 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 it, you know, one has to go way outside the box and to consider a holographic reality where there are, there are spectrum of electromagnetic components as well as in the visible and the non-visible, in the color spectrum, in the emotional spectrum, that there are spectrums of many things we don't yet even know about. And yet all of that is multiplexed in the holographic design, as it were, in which you could levitate yourself and your current situation, the here and now, on any subject, and find that this is going to be not only interconnected across all of those subjects, but phenomenally interesting and positive. We are powerful beings and suddenly switches are going on and we're realizing it Mm -hmm. anything to add johanna oh i don't think she's there anymore well so the bottom line is that emotions are true emotions speak from the heart not the mind and as we learned from mark crowley in in the in the discussions on leading from the heart and from teokas and ghost horse and from dean radin it's through the heart that we connect and through the heart that our life is motivated and through the heart that we engage non-ordinary reality. So we have to be able to connect with and live in the heart and in the body and yeah. in the present moment. I think the true, accurate intuition comes that route too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think our, our intuition, which is a component of all of this, uh, it's the whole new paradigm is moving towards intuition, psychic abilities, mm-hmm. reading energies we've not even thought of before because our intuition has become scattered. You know, it's very difficult to to pull out, why am I thinking this? What is that? When we've become so scattered in ourselves, we're losing who we are, let alone anything else. We've got to build up on our heart, take some quiet time, go within, know who we are. And then step gently forward with with, um, with the right uh, mindset. Yeah. So when we do that, when we turn our 
our attention into the engagement of the moment and connect from the heart, it aligns us with the flow of life and synchronicity is the result. And you and I have had some experiences with synchronicity, um, you know, when writing books. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's that's a big one. I remember we were having this discussion with uh, J.J. Hurtak and Desiree oh, yeah. when they last visited. Uh, they've had similar similar things. And many an author and other subject matter, too, will have had it. I, it was striking to me, we, we've spoken a lot about it, when we uh, wrote the, the last two books for the CIG series, the Complete Idiot's Guide series. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was about uh, 2012 and the other about the Akashic Record. And even though neither of us were experts in these fields, something seemed to attract the information into the inbox, mm-hmm. which were we, important pieces for the book that we hadn't gotten within our own expertise and was placed right there, popped right into the inbox as required with the references. It happened time and time again. It was like something else is are writing these books well or our sincerity and the intention that we were putting on it was bringing us into alignment with um with the information that we needed sincerity we mentioned before yeah. a very important component just to add genuineness quickly. yeah it, just, it is genuineness because that's the heart that's who we are we've mm-hmm. lived too too often we frequently see the artificial nature of humanity on our television sets any and every day almost every minute of every day that's what has to end you know but i would say that um you know that this synchronicity with those last two books that's beginning to happen as a couple of weeks ago starting to happen for the Silbury Hill book that I'm writing so I hope that's a good omen well I'm sure it is a good omen I'm sure it's going to be a great book well here we are time for another break and so we'll be right back and remember you can find Colin on Facebook or at his website colinandrews.net I'm on explorationsandenergy.com And um, if this is really interesting you, if you would like to know how to use your energy awareness to live more fully, to overcome the blocks in your life, um, our Energy Basics 101, sign up with the promo code 2018 Black Friday Sale and BF and S are all capitalized, so capitalized Black Friday and Sale. And you'll get 25% off. So um, hope you can make it. And we're taking a break. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Clagle. 
Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose. Live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Well, welcome back. We're talking today about the inner tools of engagement that allow us to shift our perspective and engage in an ordinary reality. And the first of those we've been talking about is attention, which is the ability to focus our mind on the here and now, be grounded in the body to receive the information the body is translating from the environment. And the second is intention, the ability to feel and connect through the heart. So staying in present time, using our attention, noticing the information that our body-mind is giving us takes discipline. It takes continually returning to what we're feeling and where we are and leaving the thoughts that are taking us away from that. It, it, it requires being mindful of what's around us and our breath is the key to doing that. If you can, we can always come back to the breath, which automatically, just by breathing in, takes us from our mind down into our body. The pathway of the breath comes in through the nose and goes down into the lungs. It brings us from the head into the body. So breathing consciously and letting go of what isn't needed is the first step to just being present in the moment. So... In considering why it is so hard to stay in the present moment, you know, sometimes it's just because our mind is rehashing past events, you know, going over all the stupid things we said, everything we didn't do right, every mistake that we made or or insults that other people gave to us, or whatever it is we haven't been able to let go of, or we're planning for the future, you know, getting all the details right, even sometimes we overfocus on intentions, 
um, you know, like making goals and plans and, and creating our future rather than just living in the moment. Um, and, you know, sometimes we're just wondering if something is better somewhere other than where we are. And I just want to encourage everybody, open your arms up wide and whatever hits you is what's meant to be there for you. And you are right exactly where you're supposed to be right here, right now. So the other thing that makes it difficult to be present in our bodies in the moment is because our bodies are not always a comfortable place to be. Physical pain keeps us focused on the sensations of pain so that we are unable to focus on the other messages that are coming in in a physical way. Um, Sometimes physical pain causes us to leave our body altogether and kind of abandon it. And so the more ways that we can learn how to be with our pain and not be consumed by it, this is something that probably all of us need to be practicing more of and actually on my website um, I I, I give some energy exercises on how to work with pain and I encourage people if you're dealing with physical pain to to check that out. So physical pain and trauma is one impediment to energy awareness and another is emotional trauma. Unhealed emotional trauma skewers the information we receive. I mean for for example think about um, think about having had something really scary happen to you and the next time you go you know you know like maybe you you came home and there was a burglar in your house and you were terrified and so the next time you come home there's only a squirrel in your basement that you hear but it sets off the same chain of physiological responses that the first event set off and so we get programmed to respond in very specific emotional ways that don't represent the present moment that don't represent what's really happening but represent a past trauma that we haven't completely cleared from our system um, so if this unhealed emotional trauma becomes a way it becomes a vibration in our energy field that attracts other situations that are similar to it, the law of attraction, if you will. And it also programs our mind so that we become very easily manipulated. If somebody knows, if you have unhealed resentment inside of you from the way that you were treated as a child, that resentment can become grabbed and focused in any direction. All someone has to do is sympathize with it, give you an excuse for having it, and then point the direction at another being as being responsible. And now all that resentment will go towards that other group of people or that other situation. And there you go. We're polarized and we're manipulated. And um, I think that that goes a long way to explain many of the things happening socially right now. But there is a way out. And Dean Radin really gave us that way out when he talked about the way that the observer influences what is being observed. And the way to heal our emotional trauma is to witness it. And so what does it mean to witness something? It means that when we feel that anger, when we feel that fear, when we feel that sense of worthlessness of not being enough rather than trying to suppress it rather than trying to run away from it rather than trying to rationalize it we just sit with it 
and we embrace it. And we observe what the feeling is telling us with compassion, without judgment or criticism. And that observation alone is enough to change it. Just the power of observation. You're very good at that, I must say. I find it very difficult. You know, if somebody has um, angered you deeply, um, unfairly, uh, you know, unjustly, said about you as it were especially if that is exposed to the public to the wider world the level of pain um that that leaves inside of you is very difficult to deal with i mean forgiveness is a wonderful thing it's a wonderful opportunity to be given forgiveness you know mm. the levels levels playing fields to put you back on the same page with one another uh, but it's not easy to obtain. Yeah, and actually, this being able to clear our emotional field, if you will, is going to be the focus of the next two sessions that we do. Um, next next week, we're meeting with Jadina Lillian, who is an artist and a constellation practitioner, and she's going to actually take us through some methods of tuning into the ambiance and stepping beyond our story to reach a deeper connection with source. So next week, if you're tuning in, bring five objects to to wherever you're sitting and listening. You can they can be anything. They can be spoons and forks and knives and and cups. It doesn't matter. But just five objects that you're going to use to represent different people or situations in your life. And Jadine is going to lead us through some. Um, I was very impressed when I had my own session with her. Sorry, interrupting yeah, no, you. Ahead. I was very impressed. We did it by by Skype. And uh, it brought out a lot for me, mm-hmm. you know, my early days and some things that uh, clearly has deeply affected me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from where I used to live almost within sight of Stonehenge there. But it was, it was almost like um, a regression. Mm-hmm. It felt much like a regression that suddenly there's more here than meets the eye. And it's so simple because it's just showing you your relationship to other things. And, 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 and just observing that relationship, all you do is observe it and things change. And it's a mystery as to why they change. It's a mystery as to why the observer changes the experiment. That's right. But it does. And it's pretty pretty amazing. The week after that, we're going to be meeting with um, Barbara Schulman, who is a forgiveness therapist and I know we all have so much trouble with forgiveness because we confuse forgiving with um, accepting bad behavior is okay and that's not what we're saying you know like when Mark Crowley was talking about leading from the heart he had an absolutely horrible experience in his childhood that was that that many people I know who've had that type of thing happen in their childhood have used it as a reason not to succeed and instead he used it as the reason to succeed and yeah. he used it as the powerhouse for his success very impressive it, extremely impressive did you were you gonna well I think it might be a, um, I hope appropriate that um, you know I've approached for us uh, the well-known actor and comedian Dan Aykroyd um, who has accepted to come on the the program is very interested in all of these subjects has a lot to say about it Um, he's a very busy man though so hopefully we're going to 
get a range of schedule mm-hmm. that fits for everybody. But he has agreed to come on and make a, a really excellent show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that will be fun. I hope that he does make it. And so when Barb comes on, she will be sharing her, her issues with Lyme disease and how forgiveness played into her healing from Lyme disease. We are also going to have on Christmas Eve a very special interview with Meredith Sowers-Young, who is the founder of Still Point. And you know, we're talking about these encounters with non-ordinary reality, but when we begin to really have these encounters, our identity gets challenged. Who we are and how we relate to the world gets challenged. And and Meredith had a pretty extraordinary um, experience when she was younger in her life, and so she talks about changing of identity. So these are the things coming up. Make sure that you um, are here and can hear them. And... Um, and Colin, you you were going to mention earlier when we were talking about kids, you you had a thought about the koji. I did, and I'll keep it brief. It means a lot to me. I know it impacted you too at the time. Mm. Uh, I was watching BBC Two television in England at the time, 1989, and uh, the koji people from uh, Colombia on the mountains there had not uh, crossed this bridge to the to the. Um, to the rest of us in many, many, many years, no access to modern technology, but reading the signs of planet Earth in their small mountaintop there, they had become so concerned that uh, with the environment, as they were reading it, that Mother Earth was in trouble. Uh, They came out and met uh, the BBC reporter at the time and uh, produced a documentary, Top of the World, Elder Brothers Warning. I'm sure many people listening will have had that same experience as I did, deeply and profoundly touched by these people. And again, this is an indication briefly that by reading the signs, you don't need a television set or a radio that just to use our our eyes and our sensory systems to know where there's difficulty, where there's pleasure, where there's love. And Mother Earth herself, when the snow stopped falling on the mountaintops, the mother's waters dried up the first to recognize it for what it was before climate change and global warming was being talked of in public with the Koji people. And so, you know, here we are, and I, I, I was listening to an interview with astronaut Mark Kelly today, and, uh, you know, he was saying that the scale of planet Earth, when looking from the ground up into the sky, comparing the scale of the sun and the moon, one sees a vastness of the universe. But from the sky, you know, as an astronaut up there in space, looking down at planet Earth, one sees the thinnest film around this planet, which is everything that exists between life and no life on planet Earth. We've got to take care of it yeah and actually that that reconnecting with the language as Tiokasen was talking about we are going to have a program on animals and animal communication and that will probably be coming up the week before Christmas that's a very for me that's the heart that's the heart of everything is how we yeah. relate to other life forms on this planet and, and how they interact and impact us so don't forget to tune in next week. We are meeting with Jadina Lillian. Um, we do want to play the sound, so we're going to get right over to that right now. Um, don't forget, there's still time to join our Energy Basics class. So, and just as you're setting that up, Cynthia, okay. this is the... Oops. 
Okay, go okay, ahead. if we don't destroy the studio <laughs> here. <laughs> this is the sound recorded in the crop circles for the first time. It had been heard once before, but this is the sound that has quite an effect on a lot of people. Uh, you'll hear it as recorded first. Maybe. And then it's slowed down in increments of 50% so that you can hear the component parts of that sound. It's a um, very unusual sound and, uh, as I say, creates all kinds of emotional effects upon the people. And, of course, the sound is now not playing. <laughs> no, here we got it. I think we got is it. Is it? Are we I there? I think so. If we have time. I, think, I guess we'll play it to the run out. Mm. Here we go. I think. Maybe. <laughs> no. Oh, here we go. That sounds recorded. I hope we'll get to the slow down component parts because that's really where it tells you what it is you're listening to. So this is a crop circle in 1989, Chesfoot, England. The events of that night were reported up to the head of state which I was involved in myself personally. Um, some extraordinary things happened. More to be said later. Okay, good night, everybody. See you next week. Good night. Thank you. so much for joining us today. Exploring Beyond the Edge is heard every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, Dr. Cynthia Andrews wishes you a great week.